so Saturday's the 4th of July and I was going to put together, you know, some kind of patriotic episode or something. Somehow we could celebrate the 4th of July, but I didn't come up with anything. So this isn't going to be a patriotic episode. Um, and unless, Hey, you want to just like sing the star spangled banner? Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I never know the words. Like I can sing along with it, but like, if you ask me to sing it by myself, I couldn't, I couldn't sing all of it. No, I just, I get tripped up. Like I put things in the wrong place and you're, you know, pretty much, uh, outing yourself as, uh, on Un-American. Un-American, I guess so. Well, no, I'm really American because in my version, the rocket's red glare like three or four times. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I just can't keep it straight. But anyway, uh, I didn't come up with anything for 4th of July, but I was when I was reading articles today about what to talk about, I go to this... um, this app called pocket that compiles all of these articles and like every article today was about Canada. Okay. And I was like, what the hell? Why is there so much about Canada? And usually, you know, they'll, they have a wide variety of, of articles and it was a wide variety of articles, but every one of them was about Canada or almost every one of them was about Canada. And then I figured out that today's Canada day. Okay. Do you know what Canada Day is? I, not the like real reason. I mean, yeah, Canada I just like make shit up. So <laughs> it's like when <clears throat> I, I write about it and I still don't understand. Like it's when like Canada and Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, like united to form a federation or some. I don't know. I don't. I'm still not sure of the relation between Canada and the United Kingdom. Like, I know it's like it's separate country, but it's still like, like recognizes the queen or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I I don't understand any of it, but um, I just wonder if they go as crazy for Canada Day as we go, as we do for Fourth of July, which I'm, I think most people call it Fourth of July and not Independence Day, you right. know. Right. I want. How many people do you think don't even know what we're celebrating on the Fourth of July? I don't know. <clears throat> um, that's an interesting question. I I, uh, I would think that mostly everybody knows, right? I think you're giving us too much credit. Yeah. I mean, I I, I I'm notorious for having little faith in people here but i mean for <laughs> right for some reason i feel like people just know that they learn it at a young age i mean it's like instilled but maybe if you don't teach it teach it anymore because it's not on i step yeah yeah maybe <laughs> i i just I think it's so casually referred to as 4th of July Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of forget, you know, the, the people who, who get pissed off about like taking Christ out of Christmas or whatever, right? you know, it's probably, I wonder if it's the same thing of like taking the United States out of 4th of July, you know, if, if there's like somewhat the same kind of, uh, kind of whatever going on. So <clears throat> see, I, I would, I would go and talk about the 4th of July, but I know that our listeners are so damn smart. They know what the 4th of July is and, oh, yeah, Independence sure. Day and all that stuff. So right. they're just fine. So, and this is, well, this is being, this will be posted the 2nd of July, which I think I remember hearing that like not really much happened the 4th of July. Like they signed the document on the 4th of July but like it was actually agreed to on the second. So like actually the second should be the day that we celebrate, but we celebrate the fourth. But right. Well, I mean, it has a better uh, ring to it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why it, it would, uh, it, I've always thought it would be weird to like be in another country on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. 
because like it doesn't mean anything to any other country you know it's it's just meaningful here but i don't know it's on a saturday this year which means i get friday off which makes me pretty happy so nice it's uh it's a good good excuse not to I was going to say not not to go to work, but I haven't been going to work for a long time anyway. So I guess I don't really have to worry about going to work. So happy. Oh, sorry about that beep. I got to close my email here. Happy um, Independence Day slash Fourth of July slash Canada Day to all you Canadians out there. This is an international podcast. There could be people listening in Canada. Yeah, sure. I mean, Canada is cool. Canada's cool. Yep. They have good ginger ale, Canada Dry. Canada Dry, yep. Very good. Yeah. Um, All right. So, Canada, happy Canada Day, Canadians. One of the articles that was posted, which I didn't read, which I, but I might go back and read it, it was um, Why do Canadians say A? And I would like to know, like, because that's, you know, a stereotypical, like, you know, they begin every sentence oh, yeah, or end yeah, every sentence yeah. or whatever with A. So I don't know. It would be interesting to know. <laughs> so I'll go back and read it, maybe. All right. So there's a variety of ways that people can listen to the podcast. And looking at the numbers, like, people do listen to it in a lot of different ways. Um, more than half the people listen to it on Apple podcasts, but then quite a chunk listen to it on Spotify also. Mm-hmm. But some people listen to it through Alexa, <clears throat> the Amazon gadget. And that's how usually I will bring it up like the day of I'll listen to it just to be sure that it sounds good. And the awesome thing about it is if I say Alexa, play the most recent episode of more later, it will Yep. Oh, Alexa, stop. <laughs> she started to play it. Pulling up. But um, it will say more later and then it'll it'll say the title of the episode. OK, which is pretty awesome to me, because like no matter what what I say in there, like Alexa repeats it. So. I was thinking I'm going to start titling these things just crazy words just so I can hear Alexa say crazy shit. (laughs) Well, I mean, will she uh, like say those words? Well, it depends what the words are. so, So last week I, uh, tried to try to have her, have her say, uh, Bukaki, and, <laughs> uh, and he said I would. Uh, I would rather not talk about that. But then I asked her, asked her one more time, and she actually um, said it. But it wasn't said. It was like a bleep. It was this long okay. bleep, uh, and then she gave the definition for it's. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a two way definition. So she gave the, the real one and then the porn one that everybody knows. Right. <laughs> well, I don't, there, there, there may be some setting on there where you can like ask her, ask it to not like censor itself or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's pretty sensitive because. Um, the other day I was, I asked it to play, um, the song pepper okay. by butthole surfers. Right. That's an it, summer song. Yeah. It's awesome. And it bleeped butthole. Okay. Which like, that's not even, I mean, yeah, it's not a, you know, it's not a tasteful word, but it's not a bad word, butthole. Right. You know, I, you could say butthole on the radio if this weren't a podcast, you know, but, um, but so Alexa's setting on that must be pretty sensitive because it couldn't say butthole surfer. Um, and there's also, there's a Pearl Jam song that it won't say, but I can't remember what it is. Um, I can't remember. And, 
but oh well i was trying to get it to play fucking up by neil young Mm -hmm. and it it, she just like couldn't understand what i was saying right like it it wasn't even like you know that she bleeped it it was like i just literally could not get her to say to to play fucking up so um i don't know it's it's still pretty remarkable that it works at all that you can use it at all you know so but um I was trying to think of like what I could put on there that would not only not only that would be funny for Alexa to say, but like attention grabbing headlines. Mm -hmm. Because like when people are, you know, when people open up Stitcher or whatever and are looking for something to to listen to, I think I'm just going to start putting like clickbait headlines is the first word. (laughs) (laughs) And like the. um, Whenever I think of things like that, I always come back to, as a kid, there was this movie. um, Let's see. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Yeah. Um, There was this movie from 1988 called Casual Sex. And it it was casual sex with a question mark. And right. a 1988 American film, comedy film about two female friends who go to a vacation resort, resort in search of perfect men. Um, Leah Thompson, Victoria Jackson, Andrew Dice Clay. And I remember seeing that as a kid, you know, 10 or 11 years old at, at the old Bob's Video House in Portage. Some of you guys I know remember Bob's Video House. It was awesome. And just thinking like that it was such a dirty movie, you know, casual sex question mark. And I, I don't I've, I don't think I've ever seen it, but I don't think that I don't think it was, you know, like Leah Thompson is in it. That's Marty McFly's mom. It can't be that dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's what will lead this episode title with casual sex and see if people are like, yeah, I'll listen to that. So if you came here based on the title, sorry to disappoint. We we can uh, we can come up with interesting uh, other interesting titles to put on there. Uh, all right, <clears throat> are you a puzzle guy? What kind of puzzles? Like jigsaw? Uh, jig- yeah, jigsaw. Or, or, uh, okay, so I uh, I like puzzles but but i haven't worked on a puzzle in years but interesting that you asked that because uh emily during covid has taken a real um renewed interest in puzzles so she, oh yeah yeah i mean she, the um last like three months she's been working on a different puzzle like like once a week or something so she'll she'll trade with her dad and one of her other friends so they're like trading all these puzzles and there's this company called i i think it's called white mountain and when emily went to order order puzzles at the like either uh i think at the end of march or early april they're all like wiped out they're all sold oh wow yeah so people many people went to jigsaw puzzles during the lockdown so um um, i like them i like them when i do them but just like a movie i feel like i feel like i could be doing something else yeah we um that's it's on our list of things to do for the summer is you know, start and finish a puzzle. So a couple of weeks ago, we started this. Um, it's a, it's an ice cream puzzle. It, it's just like pictures of different colorful ice cream. And it's a, it's a thousand pieces. Okay. And like, I don't, I want to do it with the kids. I want it to be like, you know, a, a whole family effort. So we do it a little bit at a time and it was, you know, slow going at first, but we're kind of picking up the pace on it now. And it's going to be, you know, rewarding when it's done, but it can get so frustrating because the pieces are so small and they're so, I mean, you can work for a long time and not get a, get a, get a fit, you know? Um, 
but I'm like you, like I, I like doing them, but I'm, I just don't set aside time to do them. Like before this, I can't remember the last time I actually did a puzzle, like start to finish, mm-hmm. you know, um, at the lake house, sometimes there will be a puzzle out like on the table and, you know, it'll just be there for however long and whoever's there can work on it or whatever. And mm-hmm. what is, what does Emily do with her? Does she just take him apart afterwards? Yeah. Uh-huh. She'll like leave it finished for a day or so and uh, then pop open the new one and just take it apart because she's trading with other people. So. Oh, right, right, um, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, she, uh, I don't know, like several years ago, um, framed one, but she's isn't isn't really keen on how it looks. So she, yeah, yeah, doesn't um, frame any any more of them. Yeah, we we have we have a few framed ones that were like my my son has a framed a really cool um, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, framed puzzle Mm -hmm. and there's a few other ones and this one I I will actually frame and and hang up probably in the kitchen because it's like it's ice cream and like we you know we are we're always eating ice cream and it's so colorful and stuff so it'll look cool in here but like it's puzzles are just like one of those things that like it makes sense to just take it apart you know but like you, you, you go through all of that work and it's really one of those things that you, the process of doing the work is actually like the fun of it, you right. know, it, it's fun to finish it. But once you finish it, like that's the end, you know, you're not gonna, it's not like, it's not like building something that you're going to use afterwards, you know, right. like you put all of this work into it and then it's just like done, you know, but it is, it is, um, like kind of meditative to do it. You know, because when I when I'm doing it, I'm not thinking about anything else. You know, right. you're just like so focused on the puzzle and like trying to look at the little intricacies of it or whatever. Um, but some, <laughs> somehow, so it's a, it's this thousand piece puzzle. It's spread out on my kitchen table here. It's been here for a few weeks now. So we've been eating dinner, you know, just like on the couches or whatever. But my daughter opened the refrigerator door the other day and she's like, why is there a puzzle piece in the refrigerator? <laughs> and like, I have no idea how a puzzle piece got in the refrigerator. <laughs> Were you like really tired and just accidentally <laughs> took it with you? I, the only thing that I can think of is maybe I came home with groceries and put groceries on the table or something. And then like it stuck to like the bottom of a head of cauliflower or something. Mm -hmm. And then, then went in the refrigerator. But, um, I don't know. It, it just, if we, I, I think the chances of having all thousand pieces here are probably like less than 20%. You know, we're going to get to the end and be missing a piece for sure. And, if that happens, like I'm for sure going to buy an, another copy of the puzzle just for that one piece. <laughs> you know, like, it'll be the $20 puzzle piece. D- does Emily always have the pieces to hers? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nothing's been missing yet. All right. Well, we'll see how this goes. I don't know the ETA for completion, but. I, I would say we're still at least a couple weeks away because, right. you know, we only work on it half, half the days. So, right. Um, one of the guys that I work with is really into puzzles and he, he talked about, and he does like specialty puzzles and stuff. And he talked about this one puzzle that was a square mm-hmm. and it had on one side, it had the one image. It, it had, you know, the puzzle image and then on the back side of the puzzle, it had the same image, but turned 90 degrees. Hmm. So you had each puzzle piece had a similar color or whatever on it. And you had no idea whether not only would it fit, but whether it was faced the right way up or not. Right. I can't imagine how difficult that would have been to do. Yeah. 
That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, puzzles are hard enough just, you know, with the pieces. But when, you know, when you have the same image on both sides, it's like, oh, God, kind of tortuous, tortuous after right. a while. <clears throat> but <laughs> luckily, this one just has, you know, the brown cardboard on on one side. So we don't have to worry about it. Right. <clears throat> um, and. The, one of the ladies that I work with, somebody gave her a puzzle that's so big, she literally can't even do it in her house because it's like 15 feet wide or something. Are they regular jigsaw pieces? Yeah, they're just regular size pieces, but they're that big. And, and she said it was so heavy, she could barely even carry it to her car. Somebody bought it for her. And what is it a picture? Is it is it like a scene or? Yeah, I think it was like, I think it was like a seascape picture, like an underwater something or other. Um, but like, you know, it's a cool idea, but it's not very practical. I right. mean, who can, you know, who can devote 15 feet of space to Was it like 3D at least? I mean, what? I, I don't know. Man. But like, you know, it's just sitting in a corner in her basement because she can't do anything with it. Right. And and it was like 250 bucks or something. Wow. It's like, man. Like, I don't know. It's the thought that counts, I guess. But it's not a, it's not a very good thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just for the record, never buy me a 15 foot puzzle. <laughs> I won't. I'll buy one for Emily. No, <laughs> she's the puzzle person right. you, you just all you have to do is just you know get those cars out of the garage give up a car space right for you know however many months it takes to do a puzzle that big and then you're set <laughs> and then you have a good story afterwards you know people oh, come yeah. in and see this huge puzzle and you can tell them all about it look at this awesome fucking puzzle i hate it <laughs> <laughs> but I had to do it. <laughs> but I had to do it. Yeah, that fits into those. Um, there's probably a word for it, but like when some when you have something that like you put so much time and effort into it, and at some point it becomes like the principle of just having to finish it instead of you know there being any value in finishing it or whatever. Right, right, right. Like I mean, yeah, like hard hard books to read through or a movie right. or like a project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you, do you, I, it occurred to me today that I do not read anymore, which may be, may be shocking with all of the intellectual things that come out of my mouth. Right. Well, I, but like, yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't read as much as I used to. Like my, Reading now is mainly um, some news, but uh -huh. things that are just like um, entertaining to me. So I'll yeah. read like cocktail books, which is not, you know, making me any smarter, but I find those entertaining. So I'm yeah. like, I can't remember the, the like last non or last fiction book I read. Right. Probably, probably one of yours, actually. I mean, those, oh, hell are, yeah. those are actually the last fiction books I've read uh, is your material. So um, nice. And, well, and, and, and like prior to that, uh, I think I told you, like, I think it had been a few years before that probably more um yeah because i was really getting into more like historical books and um biographies so i mean right say historical books i read a read a book on the history of video games and a fucking biography on ty cobb so <laughs> <laughs> Ty Cobb, that that um, that guy doesn't get a fair shake. I don't think. 
I think, I think uh, that, you know, they, they talk about what a bastard he was, right. but I think from what I read, a lot of that comes from one interview that he did in which the, the writer made up a lot of shit, but I don't know if that's true or not. Right there. It's Ty Cobb is one of the, he's like, he's, he's like an urban legend. I mean, like right. we're to the point now that we don't know if he's fucking real or not real in like right. meaning nobody knows him. Right. Like anything that anybody says is anecdotal evidence or from this book I read. And honestly, I don't even trust this book a hundred percent either. Like, so, so it's like one of those things where it's, he's like what you, what you want him to be almost. So, so if you want him to be some like hardcore asshole who like spiked people going into second and third base and doing this and that and like possibly killed a person and like beat people, then you're not willing to accept he did a lot of charity work. He like loved kids and did a bunch of other and so there's like all it's so to me like like ty cobb as i know and whether this is right or wrong he he played baseball and he was great and that's it i don't really trust any other history on him because it's not um, consistent. So I don't know what to make of them. I think on paper, if I believed everything, like he falls into separating the art from the artist. Like he, he right. could have been some fucking murderer, bastard, racist piece of shit. But right. once again, I mean, like you said, there is evidence that that right that writer that did that interview just like wanted people to read his shit and he fucking made shit up right i mean he where there's smoke there's fire so so i don't i don't think it was this like totally like squeaky clean person but i also don't believe he he was kind of the like borderline monster he was portrayed as either right yeah yeah i always you know after i because because i read that article that the guy wrote from Mm -hmm. like you know he the article is from when ty cobb was like an old man you know and it, it portrayed him as you know this you know, lonely, vindictive son of a bitch who is like, you know, willing to put the writer's life in danger by going on this snowy mountainous road at one point. Right. And like, just this, you know, he, he really seemed like a jerk. But, um, and that was my impression of him for like a few years. And then I, I saw this article where, you know, there was, it was suggested that this guy, that the writer made up a lot of that. And ever since then, it, it seems to me like my impression of him is that the guy probably was a jerk and he probably like wasn't a great guy, but that a lot of stuff has just been inflated, right. you know, right. since, you know, because if you know a guy's a jerk, then you start looking for more jerky things that he did and you mm-hmm. start ignoring the the good things that he did. And, you know, right. nobody I, is right. all good or all bad, right. you know? Right. And I mean, yeah, I'm, like unless you're like Ted Bundy, I mean, right, right. Then you're probably all bad, right? But like, I think even even back then, I mean, like these sports writers, and it happens more today than ever. But even back then, like sports journalism, like I really feel wanted to tear down somebody that was too big. Right. And like, t- like make, th- because of some in agony, in 
uh, inadequacy that the writer had or like jealousy or just wanting to create some some readership that right yeah you know you don't know what's true and and it's like it happens with like like every great person really like they want to find something hard like nobody from a journalistic eye from like sports journalism like no like people want to find some tarnish like nobody can just like let a person be great at what they do like it's almost like if somebody is too successful there's some uh, unwritten rule that that can't happen right yeah but you know the other the the next part of that is that um you know, the, the rehabilitation that people undergo too. And, you know, lately I've been the past couple of years, I've been thinking about Tiger Woods, you know, and, you know, he was on top of the world for so long, but then like everybody, you know, I use that term loosely, everybody loved it when he had, you know, his marriage fell apart and oh, you know, yeah. he had hookers and everything. And like, it made oh, yeah, them. Yeah, that's a that's a great story, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then, and it, and he just so it just so happened that like his professional career fell apart then mm-hmm. too, you know. Um, but then the past, I don't know what year or a couple years or whatever, he's mm-hmm. kind of made a comeback and he won. I don't know what he won last year. He won something last the, year. The uh, kind of, Masters. Oh, was it the Masters? Won okay, the Masters lat in in April of nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. So did they, did they cancel the masters this year? Um, the, I, I might be, and I know these are two different sports, blah, blah, blah. I could be getting (laughs) it mixed up with the Kentucky Derby, but I think it's postponed till September. Now I'm not like, I like playing. I'm not an avid watcher, but I think it's postponed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and no. What's funny is like I think he's like gone through this big circle. Like I think when he was coming up, I mean, people loved him because his energy. Um, he's so young. He was so good. He revolu- He he revolutionized how how. Um, what a golfer was uh, as an athlete. I mean, right. Just from like his physique, he yeah, he brought uh, athleticism to golf. He brought excitement, and then you know when uh, when you're on top, you think you can get away with shit. Maybe I honestly I don't fucking care if he's fucking hookers. Like I don't care. Yeah. Just just yeah. fucking win majors, okay? I don't really like short of like killing people or like beating children, I fucking care what you do. Okay. If he's like snorting coke, doing roids and fucking hookers, I don't care. Okay? <laughs> like he's like <laughs> like the fucking guy isn't my role model anyway. So right. But yeah. he, you know, got torn down. It's, you know, his fault also. But, like, I think now, like, especially in the last, like, three or four years, people, like, again, have this um, this amnesia. Because he's, like, down and out borderline or was, people, right. are, people are, like, looking past all that old shit. And they're like, I I just want Tiger to tie Jack. Like, that's like all right now. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, it, the, the crazy thing is that he's actually coming back, you know, because like time isn't on his side, obviously. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, they, they get, um, they, they, every athlete declines as they get older. Right. So it's surprising. I, I didn't think that he was going to win anything else, you know? Right. I thought maybe one more, but like 
the little that I know of uh, of him and his like mental yips after his divorce and all, all that shit and just the physical issues he's gone through. I mean, he's not catching Jack Nicholas. I mean, even what's, what are, what are the numbers there? Do you I, know? I think it's if I'm not mistaken, Jack is at 18 tigers at 15. Oh, right. But it, but it took tiger tiger 11 years to, to get to 15 from 14 to 15. Yeah. That was 11 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, because his last major, I believe, before getting beat with a nine iron by his ex-wife <laughs> was was the 2008 US Open. And uh, if I remember correctly, he fucking won that on a torn ACL. Holy cow. So he, so it's that in so yeah, he, oh my god. He's 40 two or 43 now i think he's 42 i think he's our age he uh no he's 44 oh 44 okay 1970 december 30th 1975 okay so he basically i think as a golfer because they have probably later prime years he lost his prime years right yeah obviously i think he was was ahead of the curve when he came up. He he was like so good, so fast. But like he fucking lost his thirties. Right. Yeah. So he. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. Like if that that was in two thousand and eight. Yeah. So when did when did the when did his wife beat him? Was uh, that I believe at the end of two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Yeah. So yeah, November, 2009, right, right around. So that was almost 11 years ago. Like if, if you would have asked me when that was, I would have guessed like 2013 or 14. Yeah. Like I had no idea it was that long ago. So yeah, I mean, he was like 33 at the time. Yeah. He was, he lost like the rest of his Mm thirties there, which was, you know, right. Yeah. I mean, all that, prime time and he's like had to change his swing like six times because of injuries like you just i don't know i mean the guy's fucking awesome but like i don't think you'll catch it because that's like that's a lot of me it's fucking hard to win on the pga right right is 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 that is it the case there that um it's easier for younger people. I mean, I guess not as much as it is in like tennis, but yeah, I don't know. I think I, it's, I don't know. I think it just, no, I think it depends on who you are. Yeah. I mean, I really do like, I know that Jack Nicholas was winning, like not as rapidly, but winning at a later age. But these guys are the cream of the crap. I mean, there's a golfer out there named Jordan Spieth. Have you heard of him? I I recognize the name. Okay. Yeah. Um, like approximately like six or six years ago or something, he was like ripping it up. Like he won like three out of five majors or he, he, he was just like, and, and he was like 25 or he, he was just young and awesome. And he collapsed at one of the masters. Okay. He really hasn't been the same since he, he, he's like out of the top 50. He, he's like real fucked up. Okay. So one one would have said six years ago, like, holy shit, this guy's on a Tiger Woods projection. But he, like, clearly has the yips, I think. I mean, I'd say clearly, like, I'm some fucking sports psychologist, but I mean, <laughs> I'm like, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. Like, <laughs> this guy, like, can't fucking win anything now 
there's yeah. there's something wrong with them. So I and golf is a is so mental that you know I think coupled like rounding back to to Tiger Woods like I think all that like those mental issues from his family falling apart all the physical shit yeah derailed him and uh and then now i think it's even worse because you know father time he's he's on hole 15 of his career hole 16 right yeah anytime he he's in striking distance he is gonna get in his head. I have to win because these aren't happening very often anymore. Right. Unless That's unless he unless he has found it and they do start happening again. Right. Yeah, I you mean know. that could happen, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't the, thi- the thing that like the thing that is that I think is really cool about golf is that like you're playing against all of these other people, right? But really, you're playing against yourself. Oh yeah, you know, like Jordan Spieth can't make Tiger Woods play worse, you know, unless you know some, unless he psychs him out somehow right. or something, you know. But like, if Tiger Woods plays as well as Tiger Woods can play, then mm-hmm. he's gonna win, right. you know. So it's always just playing against yourself, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool, right? Well, I think it happens in tennis also i think if you um the whole mental thing obviously like tennis is mental i've you know i've seen many many matches where people just crumble like one of the most famous ones is um you know i think it was 93 94 wimbledon um yana novotna had a I, oh, uh, I yeah. believe a four-one lead on Graf, and she uh, in the third set, and she crumbled and like cried on the Duchess of York's shoulder or whatever royalty person that was. But but if you look at Roger Federer's last ten years, people will say, "Well, shit." I mean, he's been to major finals. He's tacked on in that time period. I think five more majors but the issue is where the yips come in the 2009 u.s open final he was he was in at that time he was still pretty much creaming everybody but but nadal they were back right back and forth but nadal usually won but yeah, he was playing um, Juan Martin Del Potro and Del Potro's first final of a major nervous as shit. Federer is up a set and a break in the second cleaning his clock and he fucking got casual and he fucking yeah. ended up losing hmm. from that point on. I in I could be wrong. I could be over overanalyzing. From that point on, I think he realized that that he couldn't autom- that he couldn't automatically win, and it um uh, and it showed up in the 2011 and 12 U.S. Open us. Uh, semifinals he had he had match points on Djokovic serving and he served like we do like the shaky yeah. 70 mile an hour he like he, dude t- speak for yourself yeah. I'm a rock man <laughs> you had a hell of a first serve so it, I could get it in <laughs> so so it totally got into his that was two years in a row and that carried over because anytime he was close, you can see that kind of nervousness that was never there earlier. And it right. most recently happened at last year's Wimbledon. He had match points in the fifth set against Djokovic 
and the same fucking thing happened. The same right. exact thing happened. So I think it like it it like created these old in and he's 30 he'll be 38 in august i think i mean we're fucking talking like not too long ago 30 and tennis was ancient i was gonna say it's it's phenomenal that he's even near the upper echelons at that age yeah i mean like um i remember once stefan edberg retired i was just gonna mention him he retired i believe when he was 31 because he's like i'm fucking finished yeah but then, and like, he was the man for years before that he was he was fuck, talk about sweet like that guy had such a classic um game volleying right. he, he he served and volleyed he, he could hang hang back had the one hander backhand everything, but he retired. It's I think after the ninety four year because he's like, well, I mean, I'm fucking old. But but then like it kind of crept along. Like Agassi pushed it till he was thirty six. Now, you no, know, Federer seems like he still has a year or two left. You no, know, Nadal I think is thirty three. Djokovic is past 30, but they're still winning. Like things, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. But I think the like age, the age and chance thing creeps uh, um, into their head. And I think you can see that. It's very interesting to like watch it happen. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, like, nobody can avoid it, obviously. No. You know? Father time is wins always. always mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. um, but speaking of uh, father time, um, happy, happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Oh. <laughs> July 1, happy Bobby Bonilla Day. I forgot. Okay, explain. So Bobby Bonilla was a baseball player third baseman for a long time got shifted to outfield famously with the early 90s pirates who were great but just couldn't get over that hump he Mm -hmm. went to the graveyard of champions in the mid 90s which is the new york mets (laughs) the the new york mets are one of the worst run sports organized actually I'll say New York is home of oh yeah probably the worst run football franchises borderline the worst run basketball franchise um they do have you know the Yankees are well run okay but the Mets are one of the worst run baseball franchises in uh, in the history and they they're claim to fame is you know the 86 world series and the 69 comeback but they love bad contracts they just fucking yeah. love bad contracts so they released bonia and um they didn't want to pay a 6.9 million in uh i think 2000 so they they pull out the old um deferred contract <laughs> So Bobby Bonilla does what everybody wants. He makes money without doing anything. Mm-hmm. So he gets paid about $1.1 million per year with compound interest until the year 2035. Is that how long it goes? Yes. So he is going to end up getting paid like $29.6 million. <laughs> when they just paid him six point nine, so yeah, shockingly, the Mets, so the Mets still owe him one point one nine million dollars per year until he's seventy two. <laughs> right, but so when you further research it, you can kind of let let the Mets slide a little bit because the deferred contract is very very popular. Mm-hmm. The worst, okay. The worst one being probably 
Bruce Souter. Okay. So he was. I don't know about that. Okay. One. Um. He he was signed by Atlanta. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he sucked in in uh, in eighty five. So they released him. Okay, deferred his contract. His last payment is next year. Okay, he gets paid. He gets paid one point one mil a year, and his last payment will be nine million for principal totaling. Okay, totaling. Forty-four million dollars over thirty-six years, <laughs> like nineteen eighty-six or, or or whatever, until next year. Eighty-five, yeah. Man, that actually might beat the Bonilla contract. Yeah, but uh, but mm. also like Brett Saberhagen is getting paid still. Oh my god. Ken Griffey Jr. is fucking getting paid. Yeah. They owe him like half. Oh my god. Uh, well yeah. Back to Bobby Bonilla. So that works out to three thousand two hundred and sixty dollars every single day, every single year mm-hmm. until twenty thirty five and since whatever year that was, nineteen ninety seven or whatever. Right. Yeah. $3,200 a day for like 30 years, 40 years. Yep. That is crazy. It is. It is. Um, one of the, like, I think Brett Saberhagen is getting paid still. Well, his name's Brett, so he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> although, although he only has one T. Right. So if he loses that T, he's fucked. Right. He just becomes Bree, and nobody's going to know what the fuck he is. Um, that's, why, that's why I was into the Royals in 1985, because they had George Brett and Brett Saberhagen. <laughs> that's as good a reason as any. Right. Man, deferred contracts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't, I'd never heard of that Bruce Souter thing. Yeah. I mean, and... The the like justification of it is so crazy. Like teams will will like justify it because them it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't like. I'm not a fucking analyst, but isn't paying seven million <laughs> up front better than paying forty four at the end? Well, see what it is is the general manager says, well, I can get him for cheap now. And then it's somebody else's problem. Right. It's the future general manager's problem. It's the same thing we do with tax cuts nationwide. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, let's, let's, you know, pay for this. Let's have a tax cut now, lower our taxes now and let the future Americans worry about right. it. You know? Right. So nobody is ever, I mean, I shouldn't say nobody. Unreasonable people are never going to say no to a tax cut. Because you can get lower taxes now. And then if you say, oh, well, we're going to pay for it by growing the economy, then it seems like, you know, win-win or whatever. So, but really, like, tax cuts are just Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. Or Bruce Souter. Mm-hmm. Who, like, was pretty much washed up by 1985, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Like, totally washed up. I mean, that was... That was the year after uh, Ryan Sandberg made his name by hitting two home runs off of him. Mm-hmm. So, and he was so one of the future um, deferred contracts will be Steven Strasburg. Oh, did he defer a lot of it? I know he just resigned yeah. for some ungodly amount of money. Yeah, yeah, I yeah he, he signed for. 245 mil for seven years. Um, but he's, they've already said, I think like 80 million or like 
like a third of the contract won't won't be paid like until like the like 2030 or some weird bullshit so he's going to be earning cash uh also well i hope he can get by until then yeah i know right well i mean <laughs> his fucking arm will fall off i like he he's one of those players that i was really happy that the nationals won okay but he he happened to put together a healthy postseason. Like his arm's gonna fucking fall off. I mean, yeah, he, he's just unhealthy. I mean, he's he's just all oft injured. So yeah, and he, I personally, I don't think he ever reached his potential either. Briefly, I mean, in in this past postseason, oh, yeah. briefly, but I mean, you, you were looking for that like seven years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just, so, just didn't, didn't quite happen. Right. So moving from deferred contracts, I, we talked about this person several podcasts back and he passed away. Uh, Rob Reiner. Carl Reiner. Carl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck. I'm sorry, Carl Reiner. I can't even get your fucking name right. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention that. Yeah, we talked about him a while ago because yeah. he and Mel Brooks had been had been friends for seventy years, mm-hmm. and they were both widowers, and they they were having they they would meet up every night pretty much for dinner and just to kind of hang out, maybe talk and watch movies and whatever. And uh, we said, that, you know, that'll be me and you in forty years or fifty years yeah. or something like that. But yeah, Carl Reiner died died the other day. Um, which, okay, this this is, I, I just read this on, I, I, I fucking hate Twitter, man. Twitter is the worst. But um, I got a notification, Patton Oswalt always posts, you know, Patton Oswalt, the yeah. comedian. He posts some, some really good stuff on Twitter. And he posted a link to this thread that this guy posted. And so this guy's dad uh, ended up being um, a writer a television writer, maybe not even a television writer, maybe just a writer. And um, so this this guy was telling this story about his dad. So his dad, as a kid, loved um, Sid Caesar's show of shows. Sid Caesar was the guy who did this show. And that's where a lot of famous comedians got their start. Um, Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, uh, Woody Allen started writing on our show, on your show of shows. So it was, a, it was a very instrumental show back in the 1950s. So this guy, this guy's dad, um, ate beef stroganoff on his birthday every year of his life from the time he was like 9 or 10 for the rest of his life. And he ate beef stroganoff because he saw an episode of your show of shows when he was a kid in which Carl Reiner goes into a cafe and he's supposed to, it, he, he's supposed to like, he's a rush. He's supposed to get secrets from the Russians or something. Mm-hmm. And he goes in and he orders beef stroganoff. And a few minutes later, Charlton Heston comes to his table and he says, can I help you? And Carl Reiner says, yeah, I, I ordered the beef stroganoff. And Charlton Heston says, I'm beef stroganoff. So that, that's the that's the laugh is that this guy is beef stro this guy's name is beef stroganoff, and that's why this this guy um, ordered had beef stroganoff his entire life. So fast forward, like as an adult, he he's talking to his twin brother and tells him the beef stroganoff story, and his t- twin brother says, "I remember that episode, but it wasn't beef stroganoff; it was um, sauerbraten or something like that." Okay. And so these two guys are going back and forth for years about whether this this sketch on your show of shows was beef stroganoff or sauerbraten. And then finally, Carl Reiner writes a book, a a kind of memoir. Okay, so this guy, the, the guy goes and he looks at all of the episodes of your show of shows that he can find and he can't find the the um sketch that he was talking about 
he Carl Reiner writes a book. He's doing a book signing in New York. This guy goes to the book signing, asks Carl Reiner about the sketch. Carl Reiner says, that was a long time ago. I don't remember. But he also gave Carl Reiner a letter in case he couldn't talk to him. He gave him a letter in which he said a whole bunch of nice things and asked him about the sketch. But basically, he didn't get any closure with Carl Reiner because Carl Reiner couldn't remember the sketch. So fast forward a couple weeks, Carl Reiner calls this guy's house Mm -hmm. and says, well, first he can't get him. First, the guy's out. And he, you know, he asks for the guy. The guy's wife says, oh, no, he's out. And he says, oh, I'll just call back later. And the wife says, well, who, who's calling? And he says, Carl Reiner. And then he hangs up. Okay. A week later, he calls back. The guy answers the phone and he says, hey, this is Carl Reiner. And he says, I really enjoyed your letter. I really appreciate all the nice things you said. And I wanted, I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to tell my friends about it so they, they could join me. And he puts it on speaker and it's, Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, and Sid Caesar, the three people who created our, your show of shows, called this guy just to talk to him and thank him for his letter. Holy shit. And none of the three could remember whether it was Beef Stroganoff or Sauerbraten. Mm-hmm. But they all agreed that Beef Stroganoff was the funnier line so that he, it should have been Beef Stroganoff. And they talked to this guy for like half an hour like three comedy legends that called this guy for no other reason than he wrote a letter saying like nice things about him. It, it just such a awesome thing to do, you know, and totally like made this guy's life, you know? So Carl Reiner was a badass. Mel Brooks is, is a badass. He's still around. Sid Caesar, I, I think died long ago, but. Carl Reiner, yeah, he's like 97 or something. Yeah, 97 or 98, yeah. I was up there. I saw this um, picture that Carl Reiner's daughter posted just from a couple days ago of her with Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks on Mel Brooks' birthday just a couple days ago, all three of them wearing Black Lives Matters t-shirts. Oh, cool. Which is just cool, you know, all the way up to the end. The guy was just a badass. So RIP Carl Reiner, the WTF podcast uh, reposted their episode, the talk with Carl Reiner from 2013, uh, which I listened to in 2013. I haven't gone back to listen to it since, but I'm sure it's fucking fantastic. So um, I, I think a lot of people our age probably don't know Carl Reiner, but the guy was a legend and he was he was awesome. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway, all right. <clears throat> I'm. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Anything? Uh, yes, I'm having some Noah's Mills. Uh, 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 Noah's. Oh Jesus Christ! I have. How much of it did you have? No, I, I get it. Noah. Noah Mills. Uh, bourbon. Um. It is, uh, uh, it's a bourbon. It's an overproof bourbon out of uh, the uh, Willet Distillery in Kentucky. Um, nice. Higher proof. It's 114 proof. Um, um, it's pretty good. It's spicy, little burn. Um, nice, but it's really good. I'm actually having it with some, with a clear uh, ice cube that I made. Nice. You, did you just make more of them? Um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Are you getting? I, I mean, you're you were pretty good at them, but are you perfecting it yet? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, what I've done now, I was like hand carving them before I stored them, but like now, I I just cut them and leave them as is uh, if they're jagged or whatever, and then when I yeah. take them out, I'll either carve it or if the like jag is interesting if the like if it's a kind of cooler like jagged edge or whatever i'll just keep it so nice that's cool drinking um i have hop wagon by new Oberfalls brewery hop wagon it's it's one of my favorites it's quite 
quite delicious. I was at the store tonight and saw it and I was like, I haven't, I haven't had that for a while. I don't know if I've ever had it bottled. I've ha- I had it at Brewfest a few times. And when I went to New, or- New Overfalls, I had it there and it's delicious, but it's, it's pretty damn good out of the bottle too. So, um, I don't, I don't have any ice in it though. So it was a little bit warm. Well, I mean, that's okay. But I mean, obviously if you were putting ice in it, you likely would have used laying ice. Um, just to make it cool down that much faster. Just to, just to make your, your moth happy and your drink happy. That's what laying ice does. That's right. All right. Well, it's time for our public service announcement again. Don't tie bottle rockets to your roller blades. Don't don't hold on to. Don't what? Don't blow your fingers off. And yeah, come back with all your phalanges in peace. Correct. Correct. Um, if you're curious uh, uh, about what happens to a jumping jack uh, if it's not spinning. <laughs> It's really not that interesting. No. Don't hold it in your mouth. Not not as interesting as having all of your body parts, that's for sure. Right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, come back on Monday, and uh, we'll have another scintillating episode for you. Until then, tell a friend, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.